Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. All right. Y'all come on in. We've had a pretty full house the first two hours of the show. But we've got room for you. Walk on in and pour yourself a big old tall glass of mint-flavored sun tea. And you can do the sun tea. We got plenty of that, guys. Oh, baby. (laughs) You can do about a 10-minute sun tea right now. Right now. Absolutely. We're here every Saturday morning to answer your questions about your house, home, castle, or cabin. (laughs) We answer your questions by you giving us a call. one 767 Now, when you dial that number, you're going to get our office, okay? And there's an auto attendant that goes blah, 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 blah. If you want to skip all that, just push one. And that will redirect your call straight to my wife, who's in the call screener booth, like Dave did from, from Phoenix. And he wants to talk about converting a patio to livable space, which kind of follows up on the topic we were talking about all last hour. If you have a question about a topic or a project at your home, just dial that number, one 767 4348 I'm also monitoring texts. If you have a question, 41923, you're on the run and you can't wait on the line, shoot it to me and I'll let Rosie know what we got. And we had Cora call in who couldn't stay, but we want to answer her question as well. We've been talking about that convertible space. Uh, Let's see if we can take Dave real quick, and then I want to go, then we're going to do a rosy lifeline (laughs) to our good friend Brad Porter at uh, Integrity Integrity Air Air Conditioning, talking, answering Cora's question. She's listening, but she couldn't hang on. So let's take Dave first. Good morning, Dave. Hey, good morning, Rosie. How are you doing? Very super fantabulous. Good. Hey, I've got a covered patio. I'm thinking about enclosing uh, part of it into a living area. It's uh, eight wide by about 24 long. Yeah, okay. Nice um, nice space. I'm wondering, yeah, and I'm wondering what all uh, would I have to do as far as... uh, um, you know, maybe shoring up the foundation, uh, maybe putting in ductwork uh, for that uh, air conditioning for the HVAC okay. for that added okay. area. What all would I have to be? What all would have to be considered? Well, to close that for livable. Dave, when when patios get enclosed, there's kind of like two chains of thought. Hey, I just want an an Arizona quote unquote sunroom that that. Uh, creates an indoor space from an old outdoor patio, but not necessarily creating finished square footage internal house. That's one level of improvement. If we want it to truly become square footage to the house, then our appraiser would consider part of the house. We're going to have to raise the patio floor up to the same height as the floor of the house. 
we are going to have to do some perimeter turn down monolithic footings. We're going to have to get that up to a grade at least as high as the existing finished floor of the home. And then we build up from there. And then the question is, Bruce, what are we going to do with the ceiling? Yeah. That, <laughs> so, Dave, I'm, is your uh, patio, do you have a flat roof above it like most, most patios? Uh, yeah, there's a slight pitch to it, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, I think there's like two by sixes. And then I've, mm-hmm. uh, I've got uh, drywall up there, finished it off. And then we've okay. got a, a couple of ceiling fans as well. Okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, if, as long as you're comfortable with that sloped roof, you know, which to, to anyone who kind of has the eye for that sort of thing, you'll know that it's a patio enclosure, but that, you know, that's, that's more of a personal preference thing. Cause obviously to, you to uh, create a, a nice flat ceiling in there, you basically would be ripping the roof off and That's starting right. all over. That's so. right. And then we've got to think about what are we going to do for ventilation, Dave? The existing air conditioning unit, you're talking about adding about a half a ton of additional load onto your house. Uh, and it can get kind of hard to get back to your primary duct line. Uh, all we're generally doing is extending kind of whatever's close to the area. So air conditioning is a concern. Uh, the finished floor level is the concern. The finished floor level, the finished floor material is a concern. With all that insulating the outside wall, you're still going to have a ceiling that goes from 8 foot to about 7 foot 8 sloped. Uh, people generally will know it was an enclosed patio. If that's okay with you, it's okay with me. But if it's up to finished floor level and it's got central air conditioning and heating in it, it will be appraised as finished square footage. So there's just a couple of the concerns. You probably are going to be a little short on electrical receptacles out there. We need a receptacle within three feet of every mm-hmm. door and every eight lineal feet. Uh, we got to get those receptacles out there and put in. So there's a few things to think about. But it's but it's doable. Do you have to take take out the existing concrete floor in the patio before you put the new raised flooring in, or can you just add to the existing flooring to raise it up? Depending on where you want the outside walls, sometimes we have to saw cut the edges of that existing slab to put the stem wall and the footing right there if it's going to be in exactly the same place. But the old slab below it. We just pour right over the top of that. Oh, okay. Then you have to treat it. In, I don't know what they put in between, but I'm assuming there's some kind of treatment that don't, needs to be. Don't, don't have to treat it much, Dave, because it's probably about a three-and-a-half-inch step down. And, and then it's going right. to grow from three-and-a-half inches. The patio slopes away from the house, probably another inch-and-a-half. You're going to be pouring three-and-a-half to five, five-and-a-half inches worth of concrete. That's just a standard concrete pour. There's no reason. You can put some concrete adhesive, uh, power wash that old slab, and, 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 and uh, uh, put adhesive down and make it adhere. But what you're pouring is big enough to be a freestanding floor all by itself. So you don't have to bust it out. So if I just took out the sliding glass doors that separate the li- main living area from that patio that I want to enclose, would there be enough flow from my air conditioning? I would not. Um, probably not. To... No. No. 
No, because you're talking about 24 lineal feet. So once you go through that patio sliding door, there's one way or direction or the other. You've got to go quite a ways to get to the end of your room addition, and it won't. You'll you'll need to assess what how to air condition that space. Either expand your existing unit and extend the ductwork, or put a separate little mm-hmm. mini split there, which is exactly leads us to our next question, where I want to go out to a lifeline. We had Miss Cora call. And she just wanted to know, what what can I expect of mini split? Bruce and I have been bragging them up and talking about them so much. Uh, what can I expect a mini split to cost? So we're going to do a rosy lifeline and reach out to Brad Porter from Integrity Air Conditioning. Let's bring Brad into the conversation. He loves quoting jobs over the radio on, oh, it's his on, favorite. Home, on homes on homes he's never seen uh-huh. it, yeah it, it's his specialty <laughs> that's what i do for a living yeah. rosie <laughs> only only since you met me right <laughs> well brad i'm not expecting you to give a hard quote to anybody but uh bruce as you know took one path for a mini split uh, y'all put your the mini split on my garage. Y'all have done, I don't know, a dozen mini splits for our clients. Talk through when do you consider a mini split and when do you consider just expanding the existing central heating and cooling? Well, the, the, the problem is most garages, just like Dave's addition he's talking about, have kind of climates of their own because they're what we call a thumb room. They have three exposed walls, so they take on and they take on heat quicker than any other room in the house. So they really have their own climate. So when you're dealing with something like that, you almost have to have your own unit or you have to zone it with a really expensive zoned system. So that's that's part of your criteria, and then what you're going to use it for is another big criteria. Yes, exactly. Now, whose mini splits are you liking right now? Right now, we mostly put in Lennox mini splits because we get the best warranty with 12 years on compressor and 12 years on parts. And people are familiar with SEER ratings, and you're quoting... Uh, central heating and cooling systems with SEER ratings that could be 14, 15, 16. <laughs> yeah. What are you getting out of yeah, a mini? mini what, are you, what are you getting? Yeah. Like, yeah, mini splits start at like 22, 23, 24 yeah. these days. Well, I'll never. So they're, they're super efficient. I'll never live down your boss embarrassing me to put the mini split on my garage saying, Rosie, you're an idiot for eight years. Get rid of that evap cooler. Let me put a mini split on there. You'll be more comfortable and you're going to save money. I love Did it. Really? I love. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's a lot less money than evap cooling. <laughs> it's a lot less money. And my dogs are happy. I'm happy. Jennifer's car is happy. So Brad, yeah. a one ton mini split. Can take and and I'm not talking about multi head and all that stuff. Just a one ton right. mini split. Can it take care of a 400 square foot garage? It can, as long as you're not opening and closing it all day and you leave it set at the temperature you want. That's what I have in my garage. Okay. I have a freezer in there, a refrigerator in there, and we pull my wife's car in at night once the sun goes down. 
and it stays perfectly comfortable in there. But if you're gonna if you're gonna put in a hobby shop or something like that, or you're not gonna run it unless you're out there, you have to put in a larger capacity, or you won't be happy. Okay. And a one-ton Linux mini split delivered and installed. Someone can expect to spend what? Not counting additional electric or structural or anything else. Just if you see the electric panels there, breaker space is available, and the unit's going to be installed, what range would somebody expect that to fall in? It can be as low as $3,500 if the electrical is right there. I've got one we're doing this coming week where the electrical is on the opposite side of the house and we have to put in a sub panel to pull it off. And that's going to be closer to 4700 Okay. All right. So there are some variables with the electrical. That's the usually the biggest issue is the electrical. All right. Well, that answers... Cora's question about what she could expect to spend and that's just a over the air not inspecting your house rule of thumb but it gives you an idea and Brad I appreciate you being willing to come on and give those radio quotes not a problem and if Dave thinks he's going to connect it to the air conditioner from his house he's never going to be happy on that patio edition that room will be five to seven degrees hotter year-round. Go with a separate unit or or really go through the effort of uh, a, a, a new expanded central system with all new ductwork would be the only other option, which would be quite a bit more expensive. Brad, we appreciate it. I've over-talked the break several minutes. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning, my friend. Hey, if somebody wanted to have you out to look at some work, what number would they call? 602-971-0567. That's Integrity Air Conditioning. We do have an answering service on the weekends, but we got somebody in the office all week. It's Rosie on the house. Yes, it is. Where the only thing contagious here is humor, knowledge, and courage. That's all you can catch from listening to Rosie on the House. Let's see if we can go to Matt. He's been holding the longest. Let's see how we can help him out. Without Romy here, it just takes one extra step. Who are we going with? I'm sorry. Matt. Oh, Matt. Okay. All right. Matt. Matt. Oh, oh, okay. Hold on one second. Here we go. <laughs> want to make sure he's locked and loaded. Matt, hello. That's right. We don't want to disconnect him good morning matt hey good morning rosie i'm hoping to catch a bad case of being smarter after talking to you hey well i hope it helps i hope it helps what have you got going this morning <laughs> well i uh just had my air conditioner replaced uh a couple months ago and the old air conditioner the condensation line ran into a um uh, a bathroom vent yeah uh which i guess <laughs> is a, a no-no yeah <laughs> so they they ran the condensation line into a gutter, but now I've got um, the condensation uh, or the, the downspout is right up against the house, right up against an RV gate, and I've got a pretty regular trickle of water that's spilling back towards the house. 
And that's and that's without so, even a monsoon humidity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How so be, I don't know Matt, my what, best option to Matt, what size unit is it? Uh, it's a four ton. Okay. Well, if the monsoon starts and we get to thirty five to fifty percent humidity, that four ton should generate about eight gallons a day. Now, they've done the right thing by dumping it into the, to the gutter, taking it to the downspout. I tell you what I do with mine. I drain it into a 55-gallon water catchment drum, and then I attach a hose to that, and I move that hose around my yard, moving the moisture well away from the foundation. And it's my dog's favorite drinking water. Uh, but do think about how you can move the condensate away from your stem wall, at least three to five feet. All right. So e- even the, the if I don't have room for a drum there because it is against the RV gate, extending or expanding the, the lineup on the roof to come off at another downspout would be the, the next best best option or buy a backwash hose and put it on the existing downspout and just run it out to the yard okay all right excellent just, well i you've given me another project to work on this <laughs> well just think through whatever it takes to get that moisture away from your foundation because that moisture sitting there all summer long is an extreme condition conducive for termites if you were living underground, wouldn't you be looking for a nice, cool, moist spot? And then if right next to that cool, moist spot, you found all the wood you wanted to eat for the rest of your life? <laughs> if you were a termite, wouldn't that be where you're drawn to? So let's move the water away from the foundation. Matt, we appreciate the call. Mary Ellen in Tucson's on hold. Natalie from Tucson. No, Tucson is alive and well this morning. Lots I, of you know. I noticed that, and <clears throat> they are awake. Lots of Tucson phone calls. Natalie and Mary Ellen, y'all hold tight. We're gonna have to take a little break here. When we get back, I promise y'all be the first two in queue. There are a couple open lines that uh, we've cleared. If you'd like to join us, one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. A solid foundation. Over 30 years helping Arizona homeowners fix, repair, remodel, and more. It's Rosie on the House. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. We, uh, Rosie, before we get into uh, Natalie or Mary Ellen, we had a text question come through. Uh, someone was asking, do you recommend replacing an existing central air conditioner? So kind of typical, with a mini-split system for a whole house, and what about heat? Ho, 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 ho. Yeah, that's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. <laughs> I will tell you, many of the high-end luxury custom homes being built today are being built completely with mini-splits. Mm-hmm. There's... So much that system offers you. Super high efficiency. You can set every room at a different temperature. 
whatever temperature you want that room to be at, whatever time of day or night you want it to be, set it. It gives you maximum flexibility. I've stayed at a couple of bed and breakfast places. Yes. Uh, in fact, there's one in Scottsdale. I, I, I don't remember the name of it, but I can tell that the four rooms on the second level, they all have mini splits in them because yeah. you can see the outdoor, or the fans on the outdoor. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and then when the room's not empty, you just, I mean, I mean, when the room is empty, you just turn that unit off and let the other three run or the other two. Now, there, so you have maximum flexibility, you have maximum efficiency. But there's a reason this is being done in the higher-end custom homes. It's a pricey solution. It is, yeah. And then the other thing you've got to worry about, mini splits don't give you any significant filtration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, you know, that mini split I put in my garage, if you open up that front and take a look at that filter, it's just a little plastic screen basically which for a garage is just yeah. fine but um i think that they if they don't already they have they're they've got some mini splits where they're they've upgraded yes. that filtration yes. so yes. but once again you're getting into a higher end model there but yeah. yeah it for efficiency they're great if you have an existing ductwork condition in good shape and you're just changing out an ac um it's going to be an expensive proposition to change over to a mini split and just to address real quick the what about the heat uh that would just be most i shouldn't say most but uh just about all the mini splits you can get them in a heat pump right where it's going to do the heating and cooling and unless you live in the coldest parts of arizona um that heat pump will be just fine in the winter so and in a couple of the mother-in-law suites that we've built over the years you have a separate kitchen a bedroom and a, maybe a sitting area. Well, we just do a ducted mini split in mm-hmm. those, and they work very, very yeah. well. Yeah, we've done a couple of those. They, so they, little... they, they tend to be a great solution. Yeah. So for the texture, we hope that gives you some guidance. Yes, you can mini split an entire house. Yes, it is extremely efficient. Yes, it's extremely lovable because you can set the temperature in every room separate. But yes, you're gonna. The entry price tag can be a little steep. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Hope that answers your question. Pick your rooms wisely. How's that? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Let's see if we can get some of these callers. Let's go to. Uh, oh, Miss Mary Helen's been holding so long. Let's see if we can get her taken care of. Miss Mary Helen, good morning. Welcome to Rosie on the House. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. I am. Go- I have the same problem that you are. Uh, um, covering the 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 people that where we bought the house they enclosed the carport and and they made it an extra room yeah so now this is the very first year the first summer that i've noticed water sipping in because it's the wall was built over the driveway yeah 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 again what sealant can i use Oh, boy. Well, there are things you can try to use, Mary Helen. Uh, some some uh, elastomeric with fiberglass mesh reinforcement may buy you something. Um, possibly, if we could take a picture of it and send it to us at info at rosieonthehouse.com, there might be a way you could metal flash it. But 
Um, uh, Bruce remembers. I mean, the first home I bought in Tucson at 4th and Alvernon uh, had the drive-in carport with the detached laundry room uh, and that you cross an open-air breezeway to mm-hmm. get into the kitchen. Well, we were having that exact problem, Mary Ellen, in the enclosed laundry room. We actually shored the roof up, cut the bottom one foot of the wall off, and laid concrete block down there, and then reframed the wall. We did it without tearing the room down. It's possible. And that's the only permanent solution. Lift that wood up high, as high as the finished floor of your existing home, at least. And everything from there down to the driveway has to be concrete block. And we we even went the distance to go ahead and put ThoraSeal exterior mm-hmm. yeah, you really uh, waterproofing on it. Yep. Yeah, you really ought to seal that block as well because it'll – it, eventually, you can still get some some uh, water out of there because you know concrete it soaks up water. So yeah, that little laundry room ended up being one of my favorite little laundry rooms in the whole house. And then Romy and I back poured the concrete with colored concrete, polished it out as pearl white. Uh, <laughs> it it looked good. We, yeah, that was a nice little summer job. I yeah. took Romy down there and we pulled it off uh, in, in between some semesters where the where there were no students in the house. <laughs> so, Miss Mary Ellen, you can certainly send us a picture. We can take a look at it and coach you along further. Sealant is is only going to be a Band-Aid. Yeah, it's, it's temporary. All, no matter how much you spend or how you apply it, it's only going to be a Band-Aid. And if you'll send me the picture, I'll draw you a little picture of what should be done and send it back down to you, and you can kind of use that as a guide as to what it would take to permanently fix it, what we call Rosie Wright. Thanks for the call. Let's see if we can go to Miss Natalie, also calling from Tucson. Good morning, Natalie. What are you up to this morning? Well, here's my question, because my husband is not real keen on the whole idea, but I thought it would make sense. We have our own well. We have two 2,500-gallon storage tanks, and the pipes to the house are not buried very deep because, of course, we don't get frozen ground here. Right. So when we built the house, uh, <clears throat> the uh, piping, as I say, is probably only, what, about a foot, foot and a half? Okay. Honey. Okay. And uh, in the summertime, like it's been for the last month or so, <laughs> I can take a shower without, <laughs> without even turning on the hot water. Well, let me let me ask Solar you this, water. Uh, My Natalie. clothes without turning on the hot water. Can yeah. I turn the hot water heater off? Well, you can. Uh, I would want to know what kind of dishwasher you have, and does it have an internal heater to it? Uh, you can do all your laundry in, in you know, warm water that's not a problem but when i run my dishwasher i like to know that i'm reaching a point where i'm i'm sterilizing everything and for that you need about 180 degrees for a sustained amount of time um but let me ask you this we have a 2500 gallon storage tank that's plumbed to the house are those elevated or are they on ground level they're on ground level but they're above the house okay so you're it's kind of on a hill. Okay, so you're gravity feeding your house. 
Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. Okay. Well, here's the easiest solution I can think of for you. Gravity feed into a pressure tank and and just allow the pressure to stay at natural level. That will then cool 40 to 60 gallons worth of water at any one time before you well, ask. There is a pressure tank. Is it inside the house in the air-conditioned space? Oh, no, it's it's up by the well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, that's one option, okay, is get your pressure tank inside the garage, inside some air-conditioned space somewhere. That'll be a natural cooler. We have a, we have a listener here in Phoenix who actually has two hot water heaters, and the water from the city comes into one water heater that's never turned on, and all he uses it for is to cool the hot water <laughs> that the city supplies, and then the other water heater is fed out of that, and that gives him his hot water. So he has a water heater cooler and a water heater. Uh, but those are going to be your best bets. We're going to have to find some way to store that water prior to immediate use inside the house somewhere. You're definitely, it's, that would definitely be easier than... Uh, reburying the pipes of a sufficient depth to make a difference you you would need to get at least twice as deep as you are right now water heater so i was just thinking of it in in terms of saving money yeah you yeah as, as long as you're happy um you know it isn't gonna be hot enough water to really do dishes glass and silverware to the point that's a right restaurant grade clean but you enough soap and enough scrubbing. I guess you could accomplish it that way as well. That's the only downside I can think of, your dishwasher. Yeah. So you think that I could without damaging the hot water heater? You can turn the hot water heater off. Yeah, that's not a problem. It's, okay. is a, is it the water is cruddy. Cruddy? And uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's got an awful lot of calcium in it. Yeah, yeah. Um is it is it electric or is it gas? If it off, then we have major problems trying to restart it. Is it electric or is it gas? Electric. Okay. Well, worst case is you'll have a, well, not worst case, but probably the worst thing you'd have is to replace a couple of elements when you wanted to turn it back on. But not heating the water is going to create less of a calcium buildup than just running water through it. Heating the water is part of the problem of creating all that calcium buildup. So it'll build up less turned off than it will turned on. Do you see in the future maybe a cold water heater? Yeah. A million-dollar idea there. Oh, yeah, there is. There is. I mean, I, I got the idea from a listener called in 15 years ago with people uh, in their homes that uh, have the galvanized plumbing and it's it's developed a subterranean leak, and now so now we have to replace the plumbing with copper or PEX, and it goes through the attic, and now you never get cold water ever, and so that's exactly what happened to his house. He doubled up the water heaters, left one turned off all the time. That's where the water first came into the house, cooled everything off a little bit, and took it from there. Mm-hmm. It's a creative solution. Yeah, it was. Fairly inexpensive. You don't have to buy an expensive water. You just buy the cheapest thing you can find and 
it, it really is serving as just a water container as all. Okay, we've got uh, Jim calling from Tempe. We're not going to have time to take him quite before we get to this. The one thing we haven't covered so far, Bruce, is our question about water-wise landscaping. We got chewed out the 8 o'clock hour from a landscaper in Tucson, frustrated that we were talking about watering all of our Bermuda grass. And he, he was a, he, he, I thought he was mad. And then we said he was mad on air. Then he called Jennifer and Bad and said, no, I wasn't mad. I just, I just want y'all to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, water-wise landscaping, um, just to reiterate the point that we're not water hogs. If we all saved 10% of our annual water consumption, it would create enough water to supply a city of 70,000 people. Wow. Did you hear me that? If we all just save 10% and you're going to save that by taking a real hard look at how you're using it outside your house. Cause 70% yeah. of the water is used outside. So if you haven't got it, go to rosieonthehouse.com. The, uh, uh, do-it-yourself tip of the week is creating a lush landscape without excessive water usage, water-wise landscaping, and it's got some great ideas on how you can cut down that water bill, especially this time of year. Because what you may not know is the water company looks at how much water you use in July and August, and then that's, how, that's what they charge you. That's how they set your rate for the rest of the year. So if you can... Cut your water use down now. You're going to save money all year long. Yeah, baby. We have covered a lot of ground today. Jennifer's been very busy on the phone. The phone lines were lit during the entire show. It's why we come together with you every Saturday morning to melt away your anxiety, to give you a break from the just barrage of news that can pile up on your heart and your head all week long. We like to say the only thing contagious here at Rosie on the House is courage, knowledge, and humor. It's what we try and bring you. Now, the most asked question of the week. Yeah. So this week, it was uh, basically drywall tips. How do I do drywall myself? Um, and it, to, we were laughing about it off air. My immediate response was, uh, don't call a professional. Because when you're trying to hang 12-foot-long sheets of drywall on a ceiling, you're going to question your life choices. Oh. So. Um, Call call Rick Thompson over at Thompson's Drywall. Call you know give give him a call before uh, you start. And he doesn't even particularly like to hang it. No, we like to tease Rick that uh, once you get to about six sheets of drywall, he doesn't want to do it anymore. Then, then so he calls a hanger. He does. He does. He calls someone else. So. But boy, when it comes to taping and texturing, oh. he's the wizard. It, oh, if if you need a a drywall patch done. To match, I mean, how many bad drywall patches have we all seen? I mean, it, um, Rick, we we like to tease him 
that he, you know, we'll call them different things. Michelangelo. Yeah. That's right. Uh, you know, of, of drywall and, and we're, he, it's, it's practically an art and, and uh, he's got it dialed down. He does. For sure. He's been doing it a long time. He's good at it. You know, my biggest fear about answering this question, how do I hang sheetrock myself? Is if we give them the answer, you know what our most frequently asked question is going to be next week? Uh, a good back surgeon? Yeah. Or? <laughs> okay, Rosie. Now that you taught me how to hang sheetrock, who's your favorite chiropractor? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and, uh, Don, our production manager, and I had to do some uh, some significant sheetrock a couple projects ago. And by the end of it, we were both muttering to ourselves that we'd never get ourselves in that situation again. You so. know, your, your, your arms are three inches oh. longer mm-hmm. from, from carrying the rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I learned how to sheetrock, I won't mention the man's name, God bless him, he thought you were not a real man unless you could hang 12-foot sheets of 5 8 lids <laughs> by yourself. Do you know how many sheets of 5 8 12-foot sheetrock I busted over the top of my head before I got one to stay up? <laughs> I'm guessing more than a couple. <laughs> I think the only reason he finally decided to help me is because he was shucking the drywall in. And, and he had to keep bringing in more sheets. To, he had to keep bringing <laughs> sheets in, so he said, okay, okay, I quit. I, I, I give I'll, up. Okay, you're a man. You're half a man, but I'll, I'll be the real man, and I'll hang, uh-huh. I'll hang these sheets. But I tell you what, if you really want to test your manhood, there is a way to do it, hanging five-eighths lids eight foot high by yourself. And, and we weren't using one of those little cheater lifts. You had to do it all on flat backs, two by eight boards, and grunt is miserable. Uh, the most tired I've ever been is when me and my church took 60 men to New Orleans after Katrina. And we were rebuilding a crisis pregnancy center. And you know what job my pastor gave to me? Sheetrock. Sheetrock. He didn't like you very much. And God bless those guys. I taught them how to hang. And I said, no, I'll just bring the sheetrock in. And this is how you All I did for three days was carry 12 feet sheetrock (laughs) from the driveway to inside the house. I didn't didn't know if I would live. Uh, it (laughs) It was unbelievable. Okay, so there's Rosie's pity story. (laughs) Listen, I hope we gave y'all something to take away with this week. One thing to take away is thank the good Lord for 115 degrees or Arizona would have 20 million people. Mm -hmm. That's just one thing. Consider mini splits. Consider your garage as a great overflow area, a garage conversion, or removing that load-bearing wall. If you'd like to consider any of these things, go to rosieonthehouse.com and find one of our contractors in your neighborhood.